Welcome to a new edition of the Collegian Sportscast. My name is Jorge Rodriguez. I am your host. And today with me, I have Armando Carreño. How you doing, Armando? I'm good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Today, we're going to talk about some NFL football, a little bit of uh, the Bulldog football. Bulldog football, definitely. All right, so let's get to our first topic. Fresno State played, came coming off a win against New Mexico at New Mexico. So, how did they do? Obviously, it was a blowout by the end of the game. But in the first half, I felt New Mexico had a chance to, to get back in the game. And they just shot themselves in the foot with penalties and a costly turnover. Yeah, I mean, New Mexico had it was a 3-3 three and three game. I think 3-3 team before that game. So, they weren't bad. They were, it wasn't like they, got, they were going to, you know, blow them out, like, right away. You know, you had to wait. And it was interesting to see that the offense actually led a score. It was the first time in, like, three or four games that they actually let the other team score more than three points. Yeah, and uh, they let them score, and they got to score in the first half. So it wasn't like we had to wait till the second half for them to put points on the board. But the point, is, the thing is, like, in that second, towards the end of the half, there was a missed opportunity where the, quarter, where the quarterback Jones had a player deep down the field, and um, the pass rush by Walker had had to make a offensive penalty with a holding, and he missed the, the player down the field. He would have scored a touchdown. So this game could have easily gone the other way as well, where it would have been a tight matchup toward going into the second half. But like I said, those mistakes. He had to play flawless football against the Federal State defense, and they couldn't do that. I mean, in this second half, I mean, the defense was extraordinary, and the offense, you know, put up points. That gave them the win. I feel like New Mexico was demoralized by that turnover, and then that – then there was a point where they made a stop at a play. It was a a face mask, 15 yards. Yeah. And then the player went on the taunting, another 15. So it was 30 yards in one play. And then McMarion to, to Johnson on a deep pass where he was yeah. basically all, basically by right by himself. Because before that, because Fresno State was going to get the ball anyways at the beginning of the second half. And before that, it was a pretty close game. But they went on and did two penalties that cost them 30 yards and pretty much left them right in front of the goal, mm-hmm. like in the red zone, pretty much. So that, that gave Fresno State another touchdown before the half. So it, I feel like that just demoralized them. Yeah, it, like, it, 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 like, got, it literally got them out of the game. Yeah. I felt that maybe that wouldn't happen. I felt they still had a pretty good chance to, to get back in the game. But that, that whole little sequence of plays right there just demoralized that team. And Fresno State took advantage. Yeah, definitely. So Fresno State is now what uh, six and one. They're bowl eligible. Another second season in a row that they're bowl eligible. Um, they're going against their toughest conference challenge to this day, which is going to be Hawaii. That's our homecoming game. So it's you know game guys, come on, let's show up and make some noise. Uh, it's gonna be at home. Hawaii has a pretty good record. They only lost twice. Once against Army and another one against BYU, I believe. So, um, they they should be a tough challenge for the Bulldogs. Oh, they actually lost three. <laughs> I think. Oh, they lost their last game, right? They lost the last game, and uh, against Nevada. Twenty-two to forty. Twenty-two to forty. Nevada have a business. Yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna come in here, and try to play rough football against the Bulldogs because that's. That's what they've been doing, and they're not a bad team. They're definitely not a me or a New Mexico. They're they're a little bit better than that, but I, 
at the end, I believe the Fresno State's basically going to show why they are, uh, they only lost one game so far and what their defense is one of the toughest ones in the nation. Top 10 ranked defense in the nation. Yeah, definitely. And we've been getting some, we've been getting some, some praise from the, from the actual media lately on those, on those college football games. I think Kirk Herbstreit has been, has been bringing it up. So we're, we're getting, we're getting noticed. That's a good thing. Especially because of that defense. Yeah, obviously Kirk Herbstreit said that, uh, there's been a lot more, more eyes looking at Fresno State, you know. Even well, though Appalachia State, Appalachia State got the votes and got into the ranking, I think it's the first time they ever been in the ranking for them. Um, Fresno State did get a lot more votes this time. I think they got 37, if I'm not wrong. 37 votes in the AP and 34, 35 in the, in the uh, coaches poll. They're ranked. And they're still ranked below Hawaii and and uh um San Diego State and Boise State. So I'm not sure what the criteria is there, but they should be the number one, if not number two in the in the in the Mountain West. I mean, Utah State does have uh the same record as Fresno State. Yeah. We face them later on. We still gotta face Utah, right? No, that we will not face them in face unless them. they win their the, the mountain, then we will face them. We'll face them at 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 the championship, but we don't have a regular a regular uh conference game with them. We we will face uh San Diego State, which will be another tough challenge, and we'll also face um Boise State later yeah, on. Yeah, November ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I I really truly believe that uh, the matchup it's gonna be in in December. It's gonna be Fresno State against the Aggies. You know, Utah State. Yeah, definitely. We Fresno State's got to come in and against against Hawaii and like they said the defense got to stay solid and they they are they I think they've gotten like twelve or thirteen turnovers straight since the, I think straight combined this year heading into this game I mean Mike Bell had a had a great interception last week he's continuing with his like third straight interception in three games so that's gonna be a, something they're gonna have to keep up as far as their offense I mean. Obviously, going offensively, they're always um they they have like a what do you call that? They're running their backfield. They they never have one guy. They've been Rivers, but it's been a mixture of Rivers and Hook in the last in the last game where they've they've shared the carries to start the game, and they've been very effective, especially with the RPO, the run pass option. That's that's helped um Johnson get open, and you know how Johnson's um McMarion's top target. So yeah, against the against the um the Wolfpack or the Wolf. Or yeah, the Lobos. Like, yeah, the Lobos. Yeah, the receptions like for 145 yards and like two touchdowns. Yeah, against New Mexico, they they used a lot of all th- all three of the backs. You know, Hulking, um, uh, Rivers, and and uh, um, I'm blanking on his name. Mims. 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 Yeah, Mims yeah. I feel like Mims has gone down the depth chart a little bit. It's mostly been Hulking and and Rivers to start the game. Well, Rivers had a exceptional game yeah. last last week. Since he came back from injury, he's been yeah he's been taking over that backfield. Yeah, um, it's good though. It's good for the yeah, Bulldogs. Yeah, it's definitely good because he's he he's shown he can make some big plays on the on the ground. Yeah, it helps it helps out um McMarion with the with the. Uh, the one thing I love about McMarion, he always has his his, his eyes down the field. When he's even when he's got the pressure coming coming around the corner where the, the defensive ends, you'll see him step up and he won't run immediately. He'll look downfield and see if he has a player open. If he has that player open, he's gonna hit it. I was looking at the Lobos quarterback, kind of and instead of. Looking around for his receivers, he just kept running, and not not really too big fan of that for your quarterbacks. I don't want him to get hurt. 
Yeah, definitely. He's definitely been using a lot more of a uh, Jerry Rice. So that's something because everybody who plays the Bulldogs know that the receivers are a big threat. So they're leaving Jerry Rice open and Jerry Rice is just going up there and catching up. He's a big dude. He's he's pretty tall. I'm not sure how tall he is, but um he he stands out among the rest of the the tight ends and he's pretty good, you know, at breaking up going into the route and just keep following in. And McMarion sees that. McMarion knows that and he's been hooking up with him pretty much this past uh three games. Yeah. For me it's that it's that it's that Keyshawn's his catch radius. It's like McMurray can't throw a bad ball to him because no matter where he goes, he goes up and takes it out of the field. That's true. Out of the air, I mean. It's true. He made a really spectacular. It wasn't a, like a really spectacular catch, but the play after the catch was really spectacular because he just ran around the receivers and you're like, man, there's no, there's no wonder why this guy has been talked about like being at the, one of the top receivers in the nation, you know. So the, they're gonna face Hawaii this weekend. They're, this is gonna be their toughest challenge today. I think the if they are able to win again by more than two touchdowns, they will be ranked in the top twenty five of the nation. There's no doubt in my mind that this is gonna be their their crowning their their do make their make or uh make or break. The make or break uh, the, the game. game that puts them out there. Yeah, the game definitely that, that gets gives them that notoriety. You know? Well, it's gonna be an interesting game nonetheless. Um. I think yeah, ESPN has it on one of the main channels. It's not ESPN U anymore. Yeah, ESPN's putting on. They're actually putting on ESPN too. Oh, so so I'm actually gonna be able to watch it. Yeah, you're gonna be able to watch it. If you don't well, actually, I'm gonna go to it. I'm uh, I'm gonna be right there. You'll be I'm, covering it. Yeah, I'm not gonna be covering it. Well, I'm gonna be taking pictures, some pictures, but not, Give but differently. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna be in there. I'm gonna be going in for free, but still, I'm going. You know, working. <laughs> I'm working. I'm gonna be working, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I feel it's gonna be definitely a good game. Definitely have some tough challenges for the. I mean, dogs, Hawaii so. and Fresno State have always been a good game. Sometimes they. Yeah, they they've been rivals, facing each yeah. other ever since they were the whack opponents. You yeah, know, so they always put out a good game if it's not one blowing out the other. I think in the last, they're pretty close even on their last couple matchups. Yeah, even when when Fresno State was like at the top of their game with their their car. They still had some really good matchups, yeah. which was interesting because Hawaii at the time didn't have a really good team, but they still found themselves like, oh, you have to go and fight this guy's minute because it was a, it was a tough game. I mean, they were the Rainbow Warriors are tough. Yeah, especially when back then when they had um Cole Brennan, Cole Brennan and he was lining it up. So yeah. now it's our turn. <laughs> Those were some good matchups back yeah. back in the whack. All right, so we're moving on to our next next topic. We're gonna talk about the NFL. It's it's been really tough for some teams, it's been really great for others. You know, it's been a lot of news, a lot of a lot of drama has been going on to some some teams, whether it's the Jaguars and their quarterback, the Raiders, the Raiders and, and their whole team, their whole team, the Niners and their injuries, the New England and their winning ways. It's not- <laughs> New England just keeps winning. Whether it's the Giants and how, I don't know why they stuck with Eli. Ah, uh, that is a that is a difficult question. I mean, the guy did get you to two Super Bowls, but he at hasn't some point done, you have to he, know when to move on. Yeah, it's it's this difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, it's, difficult. it's a it's a tough decision. But I mean, who do they have behind them? 
There, there's they like have no one because they're in the best of position. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they uh went for a, a running back, and obviously it was a great decision for them because that running back is, uh, Barkley is one of the best, if not. Yeah, but he's no the, franchise quarterback. Running back? He's no franchise quarterback. Who? Well, that's what I'm saying. Saquon's not no. He's no franchise quarterback. The franchise quarterback gets you over the top. We've seen Kellen and Tyler were a star running back. Well, I understand, but you you have. A quarterback like Eli Manning, a uh, a wide receiver like, like uh, um uh, Odell Beckham, and then you have a running back like, like Saquon Barkley, yeah, and you think I have a great offense. Yeah, but the problem is Eli hasn't been the same in like a year or so too. He has, they, yeah. They, they just everybody's seen it. I think it's just Giants can't. See so it. when you but but the the thing is that when you see it on paper, it's there, and when you're making your moves to to draft someone, you're not thinking, oh, I gotta replay. I see the whole team on paper, but. You're in a you're the NFL. You you have scouts. You should know when your player's going downhill. And the problem with Eli, he's he's been heading downhill for a while. But I think the problem I just don't think they want to move on. I think they, the problem with Eli is not really in the practice or in, in camps. It's during the game. He doesn't want to take it's, a hit. <laughs> yeah. He, and he's gonna have to sit in that pocket. I mean he I mean he saw his minute. brother miss the whole season with back injuries. He's uh, I mean, if you look at Eli, uh Peyton right now, he's living the life because he's not playing anymore. But back then he was in real pain, and and you could tell that Eli saw that, and you know he doesn't Eli, want to take those hits. If you don't want to take those hits, it's time to retire, buddy. But I mean, you, they, you got to take those hits. They made it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, if you're you have afraid to. to take those hits. You got to retire because you're hurting that rest of the team. Yeah, it's 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 but definitely a difficult decision, but someone's got to make it. I don't know if it's the coach or the or. Well, <laughs> or I, think the, I think my thing is that I don't think the Giants want to. They don't want to make moves because they they feel they're so they they owe him so much for those two Super Bowls they won him. But they owe their coach too, and they moved on real quick yeah, from him. They moved on real quick from him, but you know how they are with with players. They they endear themselves to the players more than the coach. Maybe, but they, they, I I really felt that those Super Bowls weren't really about Eli Manning, but they were more about the coach. I thought it was the coach and the defense. The only thing that Eli Eli made those memorable plays. That's the that's the only reason they. They feel how they feel about Eli. I mean, they beat the, they beat the Patriots, so that's all they care about. Yeah. It was, you know, it's a difficult decision, but somebody, somebody's got to make it. Whether he stays or not, they're gonna have a rough season. They're already like five and one. Or they, all, they might have a one chance. They might have a chance at another number one pick, and they better draft a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the but the th- weird thing is that who's the quarterback they're gonna draft? Because really, right now. There's no really a standout quarterback that's it's coming Herbert. out. If he comes out, it's Herbert. If he comes out. That's the only thing, if he comes out. Maybe the Giants are there with the number one pick. Maybe you'll say, oh, that's a prestigious enough organization I'm willing to come out for. Because if the Raiders are the number one pick, if I'm Herbert, I'm staying in, o- in Oregon. I don't want to deal with that mess. Well, if... Especially because Gruden does not like young quarterbacks. Well, the, the thing is that all the quarterbacks left this past season. Yeah, all, all the good quarterbacks lived this past season, so is Herbert NFL talent. I, I mean, because there's there was a talk. He had the about, measurables. I mean, he could be, but there's still a lot of season left. There's still a lot of things that could happen. I mean, Eli could come back and he might be able to take it and <laughs> and go out and and redeem himself. I feel like it's a long shot, and he hasn't done it yet, and it's early in the season. It it's it's definitely it's still. It's halfway through the season right now. It's, it's what? Season, yeah. It's week seven? Week seven. So, 
we're definitely we're definitely gonna see whether or not his guys are for reals or not. You know. Um. So wanna, let's talk about the Raiders. Talk about the Raiders. Uh. So so let's let's go a little bit back and let's talk about how Jane, Jane, uh, Gruden came in. I don't know if he didn't like Khalil Mack or he just wanted to change. His uh, Gruden, defense. Gruden came in and he came in praising and talking about his three blue chip players, Carr, Cooper, and Mac, and how those team those players were gonna be the building blocks to who he's gonna create in Oakland. Well, in Vegas. Um yeah, Vegas, Oakland, whatever. But the thing is that I think the whole Mac situation was more about ego. He didn't he didn't want me? he didn't want to he felt offended that Mac was gonna hold out, especially on his first year, and he wouldn't speak to him. So he shipped him out. Cooper situation, I feel it's because Cooper's been going down. He's yeah. not. He hasn't been the same receiver as he was, and I think this move is gonna be good for him and good for everybody, really, because uh, the Cowboys need a receiver. The the Raiders. He wasn't doing anything with the Raiders, and the Raiders really liked that they gave him. They gave away a one a number one pick. Yeah, they gotta steal a number one of it if it pans out. Yeah. The thing with Cooper is just that. Have you noticed Cooper? He really. His personality, his emotion, it's like he's very like bland. Yeah, ever since he and came out. I feel out. like Gruden they feel like he connect you know they, for them. They brought in a a Crabtree for him or with him and to to give him something, you know, to, to go against. Lot, yeah. And and really they were they were good the first two seasons. And then you could tell that Crabtree just took, took over, over that, that, that he was Carr's go to guy. Yeah. And it was because of Cooper's personality. He didn't yeah. have that personality. That you can't really that, tell where he's at. Like. That leadership personality. That yeah, I'm gonna be your guy. So you're gonna throw to me, even though he has the talent. And sometimes I'd rather have a receiver that's more talkative and more outgoing and outlandish, like Odell J, than have a receiver that really doesn't talk and you really don't know what where his demeanor is at. I think that was a problem with Gruden and Omar. He just didn't see anything out of him, and the fact that he had no production that didn't help his cause either. So they shipped him out in the first round for for Amari right now. That's a steal. Yeah, as, as long yeah, yeah. as Amari first, doesn't go out and ball round. out like like he did I mean, his first year. Unless unless he, well, look, it could be good for all all three of them because he definitely needed somewhere else to go because the Raiders he that situation wasn't gonna work out well for him, and it just like Dallas needed a receiver because they for whatever reason got rid of everybody, <laughs> and. And they're struggling at that position, and uh, and and it it could it could be that the everything works out for all three of them, you know. Yeah, it could be, but the thing, the thing, the thing, my thing I see is that finding a wide receiver, especially in the draft, hasn't been the easiest thing to do, and no one's hit on a first round wide receiver That's true. since Amari Cooper. Since Amari Cooper, and and even then, and even still, Amari Cooper hasn't still worked out. Completely. Hasn't worked out completely. So that's the tough thing: finding wide receiver on that first round. A with great wide receiver is not. Most of these guys that have came up and became great wide receivers haven't been first round talents. I don't think Hopkins was a he was a second rounder. Yeah, Juju Smith's been a second rounder. Juju Smith, yeah, second rounder. Adam Thielen, Stephen Stephen Diggs, we're all we're all second, we're all later later rounders. I think Juju was first rounder. Maybe Juju was. I think he's second. I think he's the only one that, but he's still young. He still hasn't. He's because he's got uh, he's got Brown in front of him, yeah. so he's not gonna be number one. Yeah, he's not. Gonna so be even Brown, Brown was like a six rounder. Yeah, Brown. You know, it's it's difficult to find a receiver. So yeah. so if this It'd works be out, easier for him, with with the way the offenses are this now nowadays, but it's been a lot harder. I mean, we still have Mike Williams. He's been playing. He's been he's not of. he's inconsistent. 
good game here, good game there, but you also got to look. He's not his number one weapon. Keenan Allen is for Rivers. I mean, right now, the, the, the toughest wide receiver right now is Brown. It's Julio Jones. You got A.J. Green. AJ and those Green. were the last first That's, rounders that we've had. Yeah. I've actually came out and be, have, have been legit, so. Yeah, it's finding wide receivers is tough. That's that's the one thing that kind of hurts about giving away Amari because he has so much talent and and be, and betting on a, on a first rounder. But if he's not working for you, if he's not working you for you, I can go. see why you let him go. Yeah, let him go. So the other thing I have an issue with Gruden is that I think he's losing his the, the trust of his players because he says one thing and then he contradicts himself on something else. Well, honestly. Gruden, I think he's doing everything he wants to do. Doing Gruden knows what he's doing right now, because literally, next next uh draft he's gonna have three number one picks. Well, yeah, and he's gonna rebuild this yeah. team how he wants to rebuild it. And even though those are good players, they're not the players that he wanted. He's oh, yeah. he's a person that wants a specific players for a specific reason. He like Carr, he might not have Carr as his favorite. Uh, he might look around and for something else later on, but right now he's gonna stay with Carr. You know, even though there's a lot of rumors that Carr might go because of his teammates or whatever. But but Gruden's doing what he wants to do, well, and he everybody can. he's got that ten year contract. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> the problem I see is that he's he's losing the trust of his players because he'll say one thing and he does something else, and he's not being upfront with his players. Not some of yeah, the reports that but Gruden out. doesn't care about this season. He doesn't care about the season. He eventually all those players that that, that are gonna be gone, and he's gonna bring in his players that he wants because he's gonna they're gonna trust him. But it also hurts it hurts him in free agency because all these players you brought in that that they probably sold them on we're gonna win this year, and yeah, he trades away well, everybody are else. Those, those those players that he brought on for this season are those the ones that he's no, struggling I'm, with. What I'm saying is, are those are the players that eventually come in the next free agency when they're being pitched the same thing or something else. Are they really going to believe Gruden what he says? Because we've seen Gruden. He'll say one thing and he'll do another. Could be. But if he starts winning, all that stuff. Yeah, winning, but... like, like, look, if if I'm, I'm pretty sure he's chugging this, this season as a loss already. He doesn't care anymore Probably about this season. He's right <laughs> <laughs> That Khalil Mack trade was crazy. But it's working out for, for Chicago. Not really working out for... The Raiders, and we won't know if it'll work out for the, the Raiders for another three to five years. Well, actually, we won't. If they get something good out of that draft pick, then it works out for them. Well, if it pans out, that's why you got to give it two out. or three years. So I think that's I think that's Gruden's mentality. He's not really looking at now. Run. He's looking at the future because he's got enough time that he's gonna be there for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's the Raiders just, can't fire. They, they, they can't fire him. <laughs> they can't afford to pay dead money of ten million dollars. Exactly. So, so I mean, he's the guy that's gonna stay there for a long time, and he's gonna build this team how he wants it, and he's eventually gonna make a championship team. I don't know if they're gonna win the championship, or if they're gonna even make the playoffs, but you know, he's gonna make his team, and I think that's the whole reason why. It, there's a lot of rumors right now that a lot of people want to stay in that team because I guess they they want him out. But there's a lot of rumors going around that, you know, just he's not a great coach or he lost it already or he wants to be back in 2002. But reality is that he is just look, not looking at right now. He's looking at the future. A lot of reasons. They, 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 they were looking two years ago and they were in the playoffs and, Two years later, it's, and they're rebuilding again. 
They've been rebuilding for the for the last. They feel like they've been rebuilding for the last twenty years. Yeah. Oh. I feel, I feel. I just feel bad for the for some of these Oakland Raider fans and the people in Oakland that were expecting to win now, not in Vegas. Yeah. I had a conversation with some Raider fans about in March. They were so pumped. Yeah, they, they were like playoffs. They were they were like they were telling me, "Oh, your your 49ers aren't gonna do nothing against our Raiders, or because we're gonna be." In the Bay Area, it's gonna be ours, and and I was like, I guess you know, but we have, I was like, we have a great quarterback, and we're gonna do great, and that thing, that thing went out the window in the third the third week. So I, I I'm okay with that because like it's not like cause he failed because he was doing bad, it's injuries injuries hit everybody. Unfortunately, this year hit the Niners team real bad. <laughs> like Texas, like, like McKinnon, the, McKinnon's injury was just, he was just cutting and. His ACL went out. Him do with Jimmy Garoppolo. He was cutting back inside. Sometimes you gotta go out of bouncing. He's gotta go out of bouncing. The thing is with with Shannon. I mean, McKinnon. That was his toy, dude. He was he was game planning for for what the skills that McKinnon had. Definitely. And as soon as as soon as that part of the playbook went out, and he had to change his playbook. I don't I don't understand why it went out because Brady's been doing well. Yeah, just it's just the versatility of McKinnon. If you if you go back and look some Minnesota games. His versatility as a pass catcher was so much better than Brita's. Yeah, and that's and that's why he had he had that playbook. He said himself he had a specific part of the playbook we had just designed for McKinnon. Well, McKinnon is an elite player, unlike Brita, who's not an elite player. He's a good player. You know, he could be a great player if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's, he's get, he gets injured every single game. I mean, he's just too small for it. Yeah. To going into those hits, to, yeah. and, and you know, sometimes I wish he would just take the longer route, but he goes into that pile and just. Gets rolled up on. Yeah, and it's hard, yeah. hard to watch. But, his Mozart has has broken out as a as a good compliment. Well, compliment yeah, back. yeah, he's he's the the especially because uh um uh, what's the other uh, running back? They have um, Alfred Morris, but he's Morris. he's nowhere as explosive. As, yeah, as, as well, Mozart. he's older. Yeah, but and and quite frankly, he he came in as a backup. So I mean, he did. He did good the, he first, did couple good games, the first couple games, and but they wanted more of that. But Moser is more yeah. explosive, Mozart more explosive. So that's that's something. Yeah, wow. Oh, they got a methods on turnover problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he seems like sometimes uh, he has uh, a. How do you feel. fix that? Sometimes he he looks like he has a, the feel of the pocket. He'll avoid a pass rush. He'll step up. He'll throw. And there's other times where he steps up and then he's oblivious to what's behind him and gets rocked from the back and he and, a, and he fumbles. It's so hard to watch him. Because you were like, wow, he, you made see a, he made a great play. And then the next play, it's like, what? It's like, why? That? Why? Why? It's just, it makes no sense. Get rid of the ball. It's just, don't slide head first. It, well, I mean, the rule changed now, so you can slide her first and still get cover, kind of. Yeah, but if you still get blown up, you get blown up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another team that has been pretty rough. <laughs> The the fetches is the Cowboys. I mean, we talked a little bit about them under the trade, but um, they they done okay. I mean, a lot of questions come to their coach and their his ability of of his game, especially like the last few games where he just he should have like run the, ball. run the ball and he didn't. They kicked the field goal and they miss. Um, and they lose the game, and and 
they've been spending a lot of money on that team because they want to make it good. I mean, they have a quarterback. They have a running back. They that have, defense is, is good. That defense is good, but they don't, they don't seem to win any games, like crucial games. And they only seem to beat the guys that are already down, you know? Yes. Uh, it's just like they don't seem to go over that edge. I think part of it is game planning, is their coaching, their offensive coach. Part of it is their quarterback hadn't developed like they wished he would have. I think like he hit, he he was good that rookie year, and he started going down. I don't know if that's coaching or if that's they they don't have the playmakers they had that first year. I feel like the one of the crucial things that they should do this season is look at their coach, and just look for other coaches, <laughs> especially because um. He's been there what five years now. He's been there, I think longer. The, the thing with the with um with Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones loves Garrett because he does what he tells him to do, and that's a bad thing. And that's a bad thing. It, it, even if it's even if you tell him what to do, it's just like come on, you know he's not working for you. It's got five. They only made the playoffs what once. Yeah, but that's him. the thing. It's Jones likes taking credit. Jones likes being in control. That's the reason Jimmy Johnson was 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 shipped out of Dallas because. He didn't like the fact that Jimmy Johnson was getting all the credit. That's the reason Bill Parcells left um the Dallas because Bar Barcel said his main mantra was, "Let me buy the 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 produce and I'll make the and I'll make the 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 dinner right." Yeah, just give me the money. Yeah, just give him the money. He didn't want Jones to be any part of him. Control. He wants to be that manager. He wants to be credit for building that team. Think he should be the coach. <laughs> Too bad he can't. I mean, he's the owner, so he could do whatever he wants, really. But the fact he, is, that's the reason why they haven't won since Jimmy Johnson. And and Bill Parcells was was going you know, in the right direction. That's the reason why a lot of owners that are like that never win anything. That's why you see teams like the Pittsburgh, who they let the GM and the and the coach run the organization run the how they organization. want to. Bill Parcells. I no, mean, no, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick and and the Kraft Patriots. supplies them I the mean, money, and you Kraft, make the choices. I mean, he only missed the playoffs once in the last decade, I think. And they were eleven and five <laughs> that day. It was a weird. It was a weird year for them, but still, you know, it's you. If you let the the coaches do their thing, and just leave them alone, along with the with the general managers, you know, that could work. You don't get me wrong. The offense has been hit with injuries, and the offensive line for that run game hasn't been as great as it was last. But. You've seen games where they you, they can use Ezekiel out of so many different ways, whether it's screens, whether it's um, pat, giving, dumping the ball off as a short run, and he'll make plays. The thing is, it's got to be consistent. You can't do it one game, and the next game change your game plan completely. If you're going to make Zeke your focus, make Zeke your focus to help you win that game. Because you know you have no weapons on the outside. That's why you went out and got him, Mark. So hopefully now, with the two weeks, has had off. He's fresh enough, and he's coming back from that concussion, and he's been, and they they put him a set of plays where he can take advantage and send him deep to open up the box and have the safeties worried about Amari and not be in the box trying to stop Zeke. All right. So finishing up this topic, who are your standout teams right now? Oh, the Rams, Chiefs, one more, and the Vikings. I'm going with the Rams, Chiefs, but I'm going with the Patriots. Patriots. Even though I'm not a real big fan of them, I still think they're they're up there. And I, I mean, can't go against Tom Brady. It's just Patriots you know, are the Patriots. It's the goat. It's the goat. 
The only surprising thing with me and the Rams is that their defense hasn't been as good as I thought it would be. But their offense and Gurley, they're just amazing. They're the only undefeated team, I think. They're the last undefeated team. So, with the good ones comes the bad ones, which are the worst teams right now so far in the week, what is seven now? Mm-hmm. Week seven of the NFL. To me, <laughs> definitely the Giants. Uh, Definitely, Uh, I, guess I hate to say it, but I, I got to say the 49ers. I mean, they had chances of winning good games, but still not there. And the Jowers, they just, they were, I mean, even though their record doesn't say it, I think they could be so much better than what they are right now. Especially since, like, last last year, it was just, you know, they were so good. Jowers are definitely a big disappointment. And the, the most disappointing thing to me is their defense, but I can see how their offense has kind of hurt their defense. Leonard Fournette has been out for the last three to four weeks, and they they depend on that running game, and they don't have running. And I mean, they just got Carlos Hyde. They just got Carlos Hyde, so 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 well, hopefully, you can just plug him in and play. But the fact that their offense can't do anything and Bortles has been trash, it doesn't help out that defense because they're constantly on the field. Also, I heard that in Guacque, he has been a mess in that locker room, so that could have an effect on that defense. As far as as far as for me, I'd say it was. The Raiders are the biggest mess right now, as we talked. The Niners are a mess, but I take their their mess. They're gonna have to make some decisions. You gotta take those four Niners classes off, man. Yeah. You gotta you gotta look at them straight and see that. And then you know, in the, the season, they're still one and five. In the end of the season, they're gonna have to make decisions at at the defensive coordinator and see if that scheme really fits for them. They have to make some tough cuts, maybe getting rid of Solomon Thomas. Ah, I don't know. It's gonna be a tough one, but. And look at that secondary, because there was potential there, but some of those second-year players, they just haven't shown up. Like, we saw Adrian Colbert last year have a good year. This year, he's been horrible. Jaquiski Tart hasn't been great. Reuben Thomas, Reuben Foster hasn't even, is not the same player he was last year, so he's got to find a Killer Witherspoon's been the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah, they and have talent, so. Yeah. Let's see, who's your, and who's your other team? Last team I would have to say... The Giants, they have so much talent, but no quarterback. Same. And yeah. that defense, that defense as well hasn't been as great, and they have a lot of talent. As well. I expected them at least to bounce back to be better than one and five, but they do have so much talent on that on that team. It's just nothing's working out. All right, so for our last topic of the day, we're going to talk about Fresno State Athletics, a little bit of uh, volleyball, a little bit about uh, – Soccer, women's volleyball. My God, they've been great. They lost one of the last nine games, I believe. And really, it it's just them going out there and just playing, playing their best, their best game. You know, it's it's really great to see a team that has put a, a lot of effort into their their game. And right now, they're at top of the Mountain West. They're playing next. Next, Colorado State, which is it's gonna be tough because they're also nine and one. I think they're they're really they're gonna be a tough tough opponent. They play on Saturday. They play tomorrow. So I think it's at yeah it is at Colorado State. So it's gonna be to see what happens with them going against a tough opponent like uh, Colorado State. 
They won five straight, right? Yeah, five straight. And most of their games, they've been been dominating with three one, three one, three one, three zero, three one. Yeah, it's it's they they haven't in their last games. You know, they had uh they just beat San Jose State, uh, Wyoming. They just beat San Jose State. Just beat Nevada in the in the last week. So it's it's really good to see them. Uh, you know, just keep going at they the might, level. They might be their match this in Colorado State. Colorado State basically got the same record, just one extra loss to Mountain West. Yeah, so and, they, and that loss came at home to, well, I mean, uh, came away at Fresno State, you know. So this is going to be a tough matchup for, for the Bulldogs. But if they could win this, they have their own destiny in their hands, basically, mm-hmm. to win the Mountain West. So, so some of the stand-up players. I mean, the uh, Taylor Slover, she's a great player. She's a senior from Visalia, and I mean, she's playing great this season. Yeah. I think Aubrey, another player you got to talk about is Aubrey Falk. Yeah, definitely be a factor this year, especially with her increased playing time. I think she's the second on the team with two point nine, about almost three kills per set, in in a in a block per set as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Folk and Folk and Slover are two two of the players that are, you know, they're seniors, so they they're carrying this team, and they're basically, you know, with the help, you know, this is a team effort. Yeah. So it's not just them carrying the team, but I'm saying like they're they're always there in the in the stats as being the team leaders in either you know, uh, uh, digs or 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 kills. You know, I'm really glad to see this team, um, work. As hard as they are, because their coach is really great. Talked to him a few times, you know. I interviewed him a few times, and you know he's just they're they're really hard workers. So basically, this team is really good in the Mountain West, mm-hmm. but has struggled against bigger teams. Let's say a Cal team, you know, they 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 struggle against that. Um, they played uh, who was it? Yeah, well, they played Cal and they lost uh zero three. So they. They lost that. They play um one of the teams they play. They play UC Irvine and Long Beach State, and they both and they lost both games. So they play well against against uh so opponents in the in the Mountain West. It's going out of conference where they where they have their struggles. Yes, that's that's the main struggle. So it's in, it'll be interesting to see when they go on to the playoffs and they go on to like the like a a bigger tournament that we will. We will have to see how well, they work. They keep this winning streak going, and momentum is, is sometimes the biggest factor and can carry you further in the playoffs. Going into the playoffs with momentum is one of the biggest things you can do and gives them a lot of confidence. So even though they haven't beat some of those teams, going in there hot, it, it, it can make a difference. I mean, so far, I mean, they're, they're 17 and 6 overall. So that's a great record no matter what. And, you know, at home, <laughs> they're even better because they only lost once. It's seven and one at home, so it's hopefully they'll they'll win the next game against Colorado State, and uh we'll have to see them against Boise State because that's another team that's the only team in the Mountain West that they have lost to. They're gonna come back here, play them here, uh November the first next week, so that's gonna be interesting. That's definitely gonna be a good game to to be looking out for. And if you're here, you have a chance to show up to the game, and any support they can get. Any noise you guys can make out there for them against Boise is always great. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the 
I think tickets are cheaper for students. <laughs> yeah, than the regular. So it's you know something to do on a on a Thursday night when you got nothing else to do. All right, so our next topic is gonna be the women's soccer team. Well, they struggled throughout the season. It's been it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been easy at all. And they back? they're about to finish their season against San Jose State here mm-hmm. at home tonight. And um hopefully we got some new some great news for you guys next week because they won their last few games. Yeah, and they can automatically get themselves in with a win into the playoffs. If they lose they still have a chance but they gotta play on other factors. Yeah. Uh they had a rough rough first half of the of the season. Uh, especially uh, out of conference. In conference, though, they only lost twice. They lost against New Mexico and UNLV. And uh, they only tied one game, and that was against Wyoming. But every other game, they beat San Diego 2-1. to one. They beat Colorado State 2-1. to one. Boise State 2-1. to one. And just last last Sunday, they beat um, Utah State 1-0. So it hasn't been like they've been blown out or they haven't blown out anybody. But they play good football, soccer. <laughs> football? Football. <laughs> uh, they play good soccer, and, and they definitely, you know, they they have improved a lot from the last few weeks, that, that uh, especially at the beginning of the, of the season. The good thing for, for, for Fresno State right now is that San Jose is coming in, and they haven't had a rush. They've had a rough couple of, of games, one since October 5th. So and a bit of, they're a little bit of a, what do you call that? A stinker, a slump. Yeah, a slump. There you go. A slump. They're in a slump. They're in a slump, and that Fresno State defense that they have is really good. They don't allow many goals. The only point of the thing is they have to get some goals on the board and win this game. Even if, like I said, even if they do lose, they do have a chance to win. They, they just chance. they just got to rely. If they lose, they they need Colorado College to lose to Air Force, or they need a, a UNLV loss to Nevada. So. Let's control our own fate and let's win tonight. That way, we don't have to rely on other on other colleges to, to lose. Yeah, I mean, in conference, I I thought of something, but in conference, they did lose to Colorado College and they tied to Air Force, so they lost. They lost three in conference only, so they're five, three, and two. So they have a winning record in conference. Overall, they still have a six, nine, and three. You know, six wins, nine losses, three ties, but it's not as bad as it used to be because they they did a phase where they had. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six losses at one time. <laughs> so that was rough for them. That was they play some rough games, you know, but uh they come back and they 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 they're basically so, almost in the playoffs. Sometimes it happens when you when you have a team that's um beginning of the year, you're still trying to gel and it doesn't happen on overnight. You gotta play a couple of games and you gotta lose a couple of games to, to build that chemistry with your teammates and start playing well and it looks like they built that chemistry very well and are, sh- are trying to end the season strong. Their their coaches work really hard with them, so hopefully we'll see them in the playoffs. All right. Well, that would be it for this episode of the podcast. First, I mean we we actually done this a couple of times, but it, we haven't been able to get the episodes out. <laughs> for our next episode, we'll we'll talk a little bit about more about football, especially how they did against Hawaii. We'll talk about. Uh, basketball, which is coming up. It's it's gonna be interesting to see this new coach pan out, and uh, women's basketball too. Wrestling's coming up, you know. Uh, oh, soccer. You know, there's a lot more sports going on on right now. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, NFL 
um, the baseball. But maybe by the time we we set out the next podcast, the Red Sox won the World Series. <laughs> maybe they will. It's maybe the Red enough. Sox or, might end this weekend. Or maybe the Dodgers <laughs> will be world champions. You never know. I don't. Okay. I don't like to say that as a San Francisco fan, but as a San Francisco Giants fan. But you know, that's, that's what we're up to. Thank you very much, Armando, for being here. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, thanks to the Collegian for allowing me to do this again. This is the first one of uh, many other ones we're going to do this uh, this semester. Uh, I came in here a little late now, but um, in the semester, you know, we're halfway through, but hopefully we'll make more. And um, thanks a lot to everybody listening. Um, this has been the Collegian Sportscast, a Collegian podcast.